Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach. You are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. Matt tweets in, he's not an athlete, but perhaps you can consider Dusty May the new face of mid-major college basketball. All right. I mean, you can make the case, no doubt. Mark Few is no longer the face of mid-major basketball. Like, that's, he was, but he brought Gonzaga to a place where that's not a mid-major anymore. That's a... That's a powerhouse program. I don't know who else would. Because let's be honest, FAU captured the imaginations of America way more than San Diego State did. I mean, I think you can you can make the argument just based on what Dusty May inherited to what he's built, what they did, what's resonated. Yeah, Dusty May, the face of, of mid-major college basketball. Squeaky clean pass. The story coming out of how when he first got to Boca Raton, he didn't see the facilities yet. Right. That that's mid-major basketball. Yeah. And, yeah. and he, he is the story of that, and he's the pinnacle of success. I think it's a good one. I think it's a good one. Dusty May, new face of college basketball. And again, we've been focusing on athletes, but if you want to go from a coaching standpoint, this is one of the downsides of college basketball is that even even analysts, even the, the media, the national media who covers college basketball, they're so obsessed with the coaches, the coaches. And I think it's because there's so much movement and it's tough to follow who's where now, who's who. It's just the nature of college basketball. But it's the, it's the approach of, oh, my analysis is going to include, oh, they're good because this coach. They're good because Tom Izzo. They're good because Mark Few. Like, that's just the way college basketball's analysis operates. It drives me crazy having a conversation with Dusty May. It's what drives him crazy, but unfortunately, that's just the reality. Like ESPN, doesn't matter, Seth Greenberg, any of these any of these, these ESPN personalities. It, 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 I want you next college basketball season, even college football season, but more so college basketball season. Listen to analysis from the national talking heads of college basketball. And almost 100% of the time, the analysis will have nothing to do with a player or a play or a team's style. And it'll have everything to do with just them throwing in the name of the coach and throwing out a bunch of bull crap after that to fill your ears. Now, uh, put you on the spot. In the past 10 years, mm-hmm. who's been the biggest college basketball star? Because that kind of encompasses a lot. It means got to be there for a couple of years to grow your brand and grow your thing. Or maybe it doesn't because a name I'm coming Might up with. Might be Drew Timmy from Gonzaga. Okay. you got to look. Has yeah. the wins. I was thinking Zion. Just how Zion big could. When, when Obama went to his game sure. and his shoe blew well, out. That was a shoe. massive yeah. moment. And he is in the Duke-UNC rivalry. Be. I think I would lean Zion, Zion if I had more be. time to think about it. Yeah, yeah, I might yeah. come up with other options. But think about it. The The... If you're if you're talking about the face of college basketball as a player, again that's fleeting, but even more so now. But yeah, you're talking about you're talking about a one and done guy. But I bring up a guy who is there for the entirety of his college life, right? Which is extremely rare. So how do you define the face of college basketball? Someone who had a cup of tea, who's a a sure thing NBA All Star, or a guy who 
He could be in the NBA, but he was more a good college player who stayed three or four years. That's With college basketball, that's an interesting discussion who the face is because it's got to be one or the other. There's no in-between. Is it going to be the guy that has the staying power that's a rarity in, in college basketball or the guy who is the five-star, one-and-done, goes to the blue blood and then is headed right off to the NBA? Because then I was thinking, I saw something pop up on my Twitter feed yesterday about how Stretch my Big Ten knowledge for you. Jordan Bohannon, this guy uh-huh. from Iowa, uh-huh. his first season was 2016. He played until 2022. Yeah, yeah. Think how much has changed since then due to the COVID years, red shirts, injuries, any of that. How long that dude's been going to school in Iowa and playing hoops for Iowa. And he's getting minutes every single sure. season he's played. He sure. hasn't been on the bench for many years, but yeah. I, for me, it, like... I, 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 you know what? You're probably right. Like from a, a mainstream perspective, right. Zion would be the guy who most people would go to in the last 10 years of college basketball. But for someone like me that lives in college basketball, I think Drew Timmy immediately comes to mind. Right. The Twitter impressions, but, Zion probably has the higher number during his time yeah. at Duke than Timmy had in his time. But now to think about it, because as time has gone on, what's Zion's reputation? It's not Duke great. It's guy who can't get on the floor. Duncan in pregame, though. He's on the floor then. But he didn't. He doesn't (laughs) feel like Zion. No. Zion does not feel like Zion. You're going to feel like you have a very, very, very strong chance of getting into the sports industry if you get your MBA from the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Been doing it since the year 2000. Started by the late, great Dr. Jim Reardon, the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. This is your path to sports, any level, sports business, lucrative, broad industry. There is something for everybody, whether you're a college student, whether you're someone who's been in the working world and you're looking for a change in sports has always been what you've wanted to get yourself into. It's the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. FAU.edu slash MBA Sport, the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. That's FAU.edu slash MBA Sport, the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Sign up now. Summer semester courses online, fall semester courses online or on campus in Boca Raton. It's the FAU MBA Sport Management Program, fau.edu slash MBA Sport, the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. The Audible Assassin Christian Cat, I'm Ken Levicka, just hanging out on a Friday. Uh, we were talking about yesterday the the rules that confuse us in sports, and we actually... We actually got a bunch after the show on social media at KLV 1063. Like Kyle tweeted in, baseball's unwritten rules are confusing. It's true. They're they're by definition unwritten, but up until and I guess still at times present day, the uh yeah you, you you don't run too fast around the bases on a home run, but you don't you don't jog too slow around the bases on a home run. You don't observe your home run. You don't steal if you're up by uh, a certain number of runs in baseball. All just menial, really ridiculous nonsense. And we're starting to phase that stuff out. Um, it's starting to become much more acceptable to actually be able to show emotion on the diamond, which is extremely important. But there's still unwritten rules that rear their heads at times. And that, to me, is super... This whole act like you've been there before, if you haven't been there before, then that doesn't apply to you. And also, you're in a competitive sport. You're getting paid. You're a professional. If you get shown up, you know what? Do better. I can see it at the college level, at times, at the pro level. If you get shown up, that's on you, man. That is on you. Counterpoint. 
I think the unwritten rules are great because when they're broken, baseball is as exciting as it ever is. But you admitted yesterday, you were one of the people that admitted yesterday that you like hockey for the fights. You like yes, exactly. auto racing wanna... for the crashes. Yes. And so you're going back to that where, hey, when unwritten rules are broken, people fight. So it's good. Let me present you two <laughs> scenarios, and, and you can tell me which one you would rather watch. I love your unlikely bloodlust, by the way. I didn't see that coming from you. You're watching a White Sox game. Uh-huh. Sick bat flip. Tim Anderson just flips uh-huh. it. It's awesome. Tim Anderson ain't doing much anything this season. Would you rather him do that? And get away with it, and that clip of him flipping the bat 45 feet in the air go viral. Uh, he gets another cover of a video game. Or would you rather mm-hmm. see some fireworks? Mm-hmm. Let's go back in the day, a type of guy who would fire back, Madison Bumgarner, when he was still Madison Bumgarner of old. Go ahead, Hutton, throws inside. Chatter back and forth. Benches clear. Oh. We actually fist thrown. I want that drama. What I'd say is headhunting is... From pitchers in baseball is so weak. It's so cowardly. You you are the one that hung a breaking ball and got it hit 450 feet. That doesn't mean that you take it out on the next batter and try to injure him or try to injure the that same hitter the next time he comes up, next time around the batting order. I want him to go up, strike the dude out, and then get in his face and taunt him. Okay. I, it, to me, it's so soft, it's so weak in baseball, this whole bean ball, take it out, because the pitcher has an advantage with a hard baseball, 95 to 100 miles an hour. It, the, the hitter didn't try and injure the pitcher. The hitter took that pitcher deep. How dare that pitcher then try and injure somebody in retaliation? No, do your job, jackass. Headhunting is weak. Four seams to the back, I like that. I like leaving a bruise between the shoulder blades. I like that stuff. That makes the sport so much better, so much more interesting. Seeing Coco Crisp sprint up, and I forgot who was the fight, maybe James Shields or some other random Tampa Bay Ray, Mm -hmm. duking out in Fenway. Love that stuff. Who was the the pitcher on the Reds who charged at the, uh, the Pirates dugout and took on the entire team by himself? That's awesome, man. Oh, my God. Uh, Crash tweets in, any and all cricket rules. <laughs> all right, yeah. I don't know how to help you there. I, I, don't, I, I know that cricket lasts days. I am more than willing to learn the rules eventually of cricket, but can't tell you anything. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Uh, it, for me, cricket, too, you can, what do they call Do they call it a, a paddle? Or is it a bat? Is it a cricket bat, cricket paddle? I don't know. See, that was my Crickets. joke. Like, that like, was good. I was going to well say, done. like, if you ask me the cricket rules, you, you, that's what you get. That, my friend, very underrated joke that you just pulled off. Great <laughs> audio magic on uh, on your part. By the way, breaking news brought to you by St. Lucie Battery and Tire. The Mavericks have received their tanking punishment from the NBA. $750,000 fine for openly openly tanking in the regular season finale against the Bulls so that they could avoid the protected pick that they owe this year and get themselves into the lottery for Victor Wembignana. They took out Kyrie Irving. They only played Luka Doncic for a quarter on Slovenian appreciation night there in Dallas. (laughs) Uh, Completely screwed over the fans. A very clunky way of taking. Very out there. Very um, uh, unbecoming for the world to see. And what does it cost Mark Cuban? 
$750,000. To me, because it was so egregious, because it was just so grossly put out there, a, a, a complete disrespect to anything competitive nature in the NBA, I thought they should have lost draft picks. At the very least, lost draft picks and lost significant money. $750,000, that's it? That ain't it. That's weak. That's weak from Adam Silver. And tanking hits home for you, right? When you look uh, across to a different league, the NFL, the Dolphins, Stephen Ross, when tanking is not tolerated in a league, right? lose but, draft picks. But don't forget, he got fined for tampering. He was trying to win, and he was trying to, to lure Tom Brady uh, while Tom Brady was still a Patriot. So him trying to win is what got them docked oh, the first-round yeah. draft pick. The byproduct of the um, of the the stupid jokes he was making to the front office and with a former Patriot as your head coach, like, oh, interest, best interest to taking, best interest to taking. Oh, he was just making jokes. That wasn't funny. He didn't get punished for that. What he got punished for was trying to win. About that. So that's the complete opposite here of of the Mavs, where and and I keep I keep seeing on social media, oh, arbitrary punishments. Uh, what about the the process? The 76ers, they were losing on purpose for five years. What about the Trailblazers who haven't put anything around Dame Lillard for years and years and years? Listen, they are taking advantage of a flawed system in the NBA that needs to change. What the Mavericks did was so bold and so brash and so um, uncalled for and it completely screwed over their fans and was just such an awful look and was so desperate and so reckless. I had no problem with Mark Cuban being made a martyr for that. I had no problem with the NBA making an example of Mark Cuban for that. They should have docked the Mavs Maybe even multiple first-round picks over the next couple of years because that that right there, what the Mavs pulled at the end of this year, should be a tipping point for the NBA to make massive changes to what's acceptable when it comes to the lottery. Hey, the NBA, its biggest flaw, and I'm looking forward to the NBA playoffs. I'm not so much looking forward to the Heat and Bulls tonight, but I'm looking forward to the NBA playoffs. But something's got to be done about this regular season. Something has got to be done about just allowing teams to purposely lose and put themselves in position for the lottery. It's not good enough. It is not good enough. And no other sport, and sure there's other examples, but no other sport just lets it go and it's become such normal behavior than this behavior in the NBA when it comes to purposely not being competitive or just flat out tanking to get a lottery pick. Something has to change. Now, from that standpoint, Gil's Arena, Gilbert Arena, has his own podcast. And he was asked about, this was a question about how to spruce up the playoffs. Not necessarily how to curb tanking. But I take that, I take what Gilbert Arena said, and I think we can at least come up with some ideas about tanking as well. But Gilbert Arena, if you're not, if you're not looking forward to the playoffs... If you don't think there's any juice to the postseason, here was an idea from Gilbert Arenas, and I actually think, while it's not perfect, there's something to it. Here's Gilbert Arenas from Gil's Arena. What's one thing you would change about the NBA playoffs? I'm, I'm one of those that, like, home court advantage is home court advantage, right? Yeah. Like, I'd rather say, like, 
You know, if you if you're an AFC, you don't get no home court. <laughs> all like, or, 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 or. Play every game on the road. No, you play all or, that, that, was, that was, listen, that was aggressive. Yeah, How about this one? <laughs> we don't go to the home until you win the game. Like, so it's like, make it, take it. Oh. Ah, so okay, make it, take okay. it. Right? Okay. Make it, take it. If we win, we keep staying home. Until you beat us, then we go, we go to yours. So I think the, that's. But event. would you do it on the other side now? So say you have home court advantage, you the Bucks, you trick off game one. You got to go to their joint. You go to their and joint. Play until you beat them. Yeah, until you beat them and to come back home. Make it, take it. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Now that puts some real. Now, now that makes a fan be a fan. <laughs> that makes fans real like home. That means home court advantage is very important. Mm. Now you got to value that team. A team comes in there and whoops your ass, and you might not come back here no more. It's over. <laughs> so a playoff, make it, take it. You keep winning. If you're the home team, you're the higher seed, you have the home court advantage, you keep that home court advantage, you keep winning best of seven series, but if you get knocked off, then that's when the opposing team just hosts the games up until they lose again, and whoever hits four first advances. I kind of like that. Gilbert Arenas is on to something. That's awesome. I love that so much because how much the pendulum swings if an eight seed somehow pulls off a win on the road. And then they can they can host up to three straight at home and sweep you. And like you said, guys will go to the people will go to these games. They have so much of an impact on the games. I love that so much. And it's different. It's a new idea. This isn't taken from somewhere else. This is a original idea. And we're seeing with I mean, there's no bigger apples to oranges than NBA to MLB, but new rules can work. So it works, too, because if we were talking baseball, if we were talking hockey, the home field, home ice advantages in those sports are minimal to non-existent. But if you're talking about the NBA, this is from Bleacher Report. Of the four major American sports, home court advantage is most meaningful in the NBA with teams consistently winning around 60% of their regular season games in home arenas. It is similar in the postseason. Okay, now we're on to something. But that doesn't fix the tanking problem that the NBA has. By the way, did I get ombudsman about something? Saying, what about suck for luck? The Indianapolis Colts uh, mm-hmm. tanking to get Andrew Luck back in the day. What was that, 08? Yes, because the Dolphins were trying to pull off a suck for luck as well. And then they started sucking, but then they got less sucky, and it cost them Andrew Luck. I was a big proponent of suck for luck. Um, The Dolphins attempted suck for luck, but again, it is within the parameters of what these leagues set forth. And in the NFL, I think it is much tougher to... And the way that the draft and prospects are laid out, it's much tougher to go full tank than it is in the NBA. Case in point, this season, the Texans could have they tried so it. Yeah. easily the Texans not were, won the game. They were far and away the worst team in football. <laughs> far and away the worst team in the NFL. I saw them, it, before the Dolphins' late season collapse, I saw them in person when the Dolphins absolutely routed them at Hard Rock Stadium. It, they were the worst, and I, I, covered, I covered the Dolphins in their suck for luck here, where they started 0-8. I have not seen a more inept football team than the Houston Texans of this year. And even they 
couldn't get the number one pick. Even they couldn't do that, and the Bears did, because the Texans found a way to win in Week 18. So, yes, it's very difficult to tank in the, in the NFL as opposed to the NBA. Now, in the NFL, your draft order is on record. The way the NBA tries to set up his draft order with, is with the draft lottery. To try and say, oh, oh, you can't tank because you don't know if you're going to get the number one pick. You just, you just don't know. But the NBA, it is so much more of a violation of the senses. This tanking and these teams going through five, six-year tanking rebuilds, it's not good enough. It's, it's really, really difficult. And I think it's, it's why a lot of people have a difficult time getting behind the NBA. Now, off of the Gilbert Arena's playoff suggestion, and again, I like it. I'm into it. But that just addresses the playoffs. That doesn't address the tanking. When you look at how to, how to finish off tanking in the NBA, uh, Josiah Johnson, uh, who is on Gill's Arena, Underdog Fantasy, he presented the following. They should do NBA layoffs and have bottom four teams play for the number one pick same week as the play-in games. So the worst teams in the league get into a semifinal scenario or a round robin, and they actually have to play. They have to win. They have to attempt to win to get themselves the number one pick. It's not bad. It's not I think bad. we're on to something. That said, what keeps these teams from purposely tanking to then get in to the weigh-in for the number one pick, and then they're playing for the number one pick? So you're tanking all year long, 82 games, to put yourself in a position to be in the bottom four where, yeah, you think, oh, I have a roster where I can easily then go get the number one pick. That's the flaw in that thinking. I'm sick and tired of doing the NBA's job for them. How these meetings haven't been taking place in their offices or if they have had been taking place, they haven't had any solutions yet to further incentivize the regular season, both with load management and with tanking. How we are forced to have these conversations, not covering the league, covering the people that organize the league is disgusting. It's annoying. Yeah. It's very annoying. It is annoying. When, when we come back, I'm going to, I think we need to talk this through. While we're, while we're discussing how to fix tanking, I think I have an idea where at least you can set a base and you can work from there. How would you discourage tanking in the NBA? How would you discourage something like the process or what Portland has been doing or not doing or what the Mavs pulled at the end of the season? It only cost them $750,000. That ain't nothing for Mark Cuban. How would you discourage tanking in the NBA? And hell, it can go across the board in sports. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Tweet at us at KLV1063. That's 888-760-3776. He is Christian Cat, the Audible Assassin. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. Yeah, yeah. Can we do it again? Yeah, yeah. Can we do it again? Yeah, yeah. I need to do it again. Yeah, From the yeah. Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaBecca Live on ESPN 106.3. Odell Beckham, he of the $15 million guaranteed contract, could be $18 million. One-year deal with the Baltimore Ravens. He met with the media yesterday in Baltimore, signed his contract. And if you thought this was a coordinated Signing a coordinated acquisition with beleaguered quarterback Lamar Jackson, 
who when it comes to the Ravens, it feels like the Ravens and Lamar are estranged right now with that contract situation. If you thought this was coordinated, well, if you listen to Odell Beckham, sounds like Odell Beckham signed and doesn't really know what Lamar's status is. And um, Lamar, I know if you're watching, you know, you know <laughs> I would love to, to love to get to work with you. I'd love to get to work with you. Doesn't sound like a guy who's been on the phone with Lamar Jackson. Doesn't sound like a guy who beforehand was checking in with Lamar Jackson. Very well could have. The whole thing could be an act. But that sounded like a guy making a public plea to his quarterback and a guy who signed even if Tyler Huntley is his quarterback. It was good PR. Sure. OBJ, OBJ's had a problem his entire career in the public view for maybe teams he plays for, teams he plays against. He had all the right answers. He set him up for success if Lamar's there and if Lamar's not. Because it's real awkward if you're in that press conference saying me and Lamar teaming up to take the league by storm mm-hmm. and you don't get Lamar. You get Tyler Huntley, you get someone else, and you got to make that work. Odell Beckham with a PR masterpiece yesterday. Also making sure that he dropped, yeah, 2001, I played the final nine games without an ACL. Uh, making sure that he's, hey, I'm tough. I can play. Odell Beckham, he owned it yesterday in Baltimore. That is your Baptist Health Orthopedic Care offseason football report. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care is a team of skilled orthopedic sports medicine surgeons and specialists that specialize in surgical and non-surgical treatments to get you back to what you love. Don't put off seeing a doctor. Visit baptisthealthnet slash ortho today for more information. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care combines its resources of experienced physicians, leading-edge treatments, and technology to provide advanced orthopedic, foot and ankle, joint replacement, spine, and sports medicine care. Visit baptisthealthnet slash ortho for more information today, Baptist Health Orthopedic Care has offices conveniently located in Palm Beach County through the Florida Keys. Learn more by visiting baptisthealth.net slash ortho. All right, so the Josiah Johnson suggestion of the NBA weigh-in games or way-off games or whatever he called them where the bottom four teams at the end of the regular season in the lottery, they'll have a tournament to determine the number one overall seed. Just like teams are trying to manipulate getting in the lottery, teams are going to try to manipulate being a bottom four team. Like, that's how that's going to evolve. It's a good idea, but that's just the start of it. What if we changed this, Christian? You have your lottery teams, but then there is just at random, forget a number of ping pong balls based off of percentages, based on your record like the current draft lottery is set up with. Every team in the lottery gets one ping pong ball, and they are selected four teams at random. And that is the playoff or the way off to determine who gets the number one pick. So even if you suck in the regular season and you get into the draft lottery, you can't play the percentages. You can't play a bottom four worst record. You're basically playing your way into a lottery where then you're at the whim of the ping pong ball to see if you're even in the four-team playoff to get the number one pick. Doesn't that seem a little bit more reasonable? So how many ping pong balls, how many teams are, are in this? I mean, 14, 14 teams are in the NBA draft lottery. 14 teams in the lottery. You get rid, by the way, of protected draft picks. John Hollinger wrote something in The Athletic, how a start is to get rid of these draft-protected picks that teams consistently give up. Because that's why the Mavericks had to lose that final game. Because if they didn't, they were going to have to... They had a, a top 10 protected pick, and they were going to have a big problem. So it kept them out of the bottom 10, and it kept them with their pick. 
and with a chance to be in the draft lottery for Wambanyama. Get rid of those, but then every every one of those lottery teams has one ping pong ball and four teams are picked at random. There is your number one pick tournament. I like anyone who's not... I like everything you said. I, I didn't think of it that way, and it works out for me. If you make the playoffs, you're not in the lottery. If you miss the playoffs, you're in the lottery. Right. So... You're still, you're always still fighting yep. to make the playoffs. And so you're tanking. If you tank, there's no guarantee that you're going to have the best you can do. Then, if you don't get one of those ping pong balls, is the fifth overall pick. I, that to me seems like a start. I'm sure it can be refined. That's a start because don't forget, tanking is a uniquely North American sports occurrence because everywhere else in the world, promotion and relegation is the solution. And if you stay up in the Premier League, even if you are one of the bottom teams, you get all the financial windfall from that and all of the benefits from that. But if you can't, you fall in to the second division. Less money, less prestige. That's the way to do it. Promotion, relegation across the board. I could not be a bigger component of that. But in North America, capitalism in North America, that's not good enough. Uh Uh-uh, got to protect the owners. That's why there's no promotion or relegation because you got to protect the owners, got to protect the guys who are paying the commissioner's salary. So this is the next best thing. You want to tank? You want to suck on purpose? You want to put your fans through that? Then, all right, you could get the number one pick or you could get the number five pick. How about this idea? Taking away home games as a penalty for being bad. Yeah, you get docked five to ten home games that you're not going to get that, that, that money at the turn style. That's part of it. I've never thought about that so right now. I don't know if anyone's ever said that before. I don't know if now, I'm that'd revolutionizing the world. That would be pa- tough to pass through a CBA, but there's another solution. There, There's another solution. But you're going to have to get creative or else you're going to have replays of the Sixers, of the Blazers, of the Mavs, of the Texans, of all of these teams that have purposely gamed the system because there's no punishment. There's just incentivizing sucking in North American sports. The antithesis of what it should be. You should be punished for sucking. You should be punished for not working hard for your fan base. So at least I feel like we've set a base. Adam Silver, now it goes to you. Lee in Port St. Lucie on Ken LeVica Live. What's up, Lee? Hey, Ken. How you doing, buddy? Good, man. Hey, man. Hey, I really don't have to say much because you guys tapped on exactly the things I was thinking about. What you're saying, you got to hit those guys hard and make them play off each other. For if you have a certain number of losses, because it looks like you're trying to tank, you're below a certain number of losses, you don't automatically get the number one pick. You're going to have to play off yep. for it and utilizing those uh, those ping pong balls as well. And I also like the idea about uh, making them lose a home game if you get too bad. Yeah. Because you're not doing anything for the fans anyway. Because enough is enough. I'm, I'm tired of the incentivizing of being bad. And in the NBA... It rears its head more than any other sport. In baseball, there's 9,000 rounds of the draft, right? In in the NFL, you've got seven rounds. And also teams, every position holds such weight. So teams maybe have their quarterback, but they're looking for something else. But in the NBA, one player, one player can change the entire fortunes of a franchise unlike any other sport. And that's where this needs to be addressed first is in the NBA. Lee, appreciate the call. 
888-760-3776. How would you address tanking? How would you fix the tanking situation in the NBA especially? Because, again, this is where you have the biggest violations right there in the NBA. That's the one where it is the most troublesome. Let me tell you about EDS Air Conditioning. Troublesome in your home is your air quality, and that's why EDS Air Conditioning, they go past AC. They're going to try and rejuvenate the air in your home with a free indoor air quality assessment. Plus, you can save $500 on their air purification bundle. Air in the home can be just as dirty, if not dirtier, than the air outside your home. We're talking pollen, dust, bacteria, viruses. The Remy Halo, you can get this from EDS. All air purification systems from RGF are offered from EDS Air Conditioning. can help you reduce and eliminate pollutants, leaving you breathing fresh, clean air. Airborne and surface bacteria, including COVID-19, eliminated with the Remy Halo that you can get through EDS. Eliminating odors, reducing mold and mildew, harmful pollution particles, bam! Out of your home with EDS Air Conditioning. EDS Air Conditioning is an RGF black label dealer. It's why EDS is yes. Set up your appointment now. EDSairconditioning.com. EDSairconditioning.com. EDS is yes. Schedule your free air quality assessment today. EDS is yes. EDS Air Conditioning. EDSairconditioning.com. He's Christian Kath, the Audible Assassin. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. You've got to pump it up. Don't you know? Pump it up. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. As I was driving into the office today, it just it continues to bash me in the temple. Driving is such a soul-sucking time suck. It's why I'm all in on Brightline. Brightline, best way to skip traffic, get to the biggest events in South Florida, your favorite sporting events, get them. Be a bright line. The home runner train. Best way to enjoy the Marlins. Take the bright line from West Palm, Boca, Fort Lauderdale to Miami Central Station. Enjoy free direct shuttle service to Lone Depot Park. Return shuttles to the station. Start two hours after the first pitch. Continue until 30 minutes after the final out. You can leave whenever you want or stay until the final pitch. And while you're on board, upgrade to that premium. The snacks, the drinks. It is first class right there for you. And if you're going to the play-in game tonight against the Bulls, yeah, buzzer beater train, Brightline, you know the drill. GoBrightline.com, free Brightline app. GoBrightline.com, the free Brightline app. That's Brightline. Talking tanking, how to fix it. Titus is in Jensen Beach. Titus, fix the tanking for us, man. Last two teams, the last two teams, they get the ninth and tenth pick, the uh, one through eight. They have to play a turn. They have to play a tournament for the number one. Second okay. way, okay. top three, top th- top three picks get to decide where they want to go. The teams pick them. They get to decide where they want to go. Now it kind of evens the scale up a little bit. That's what I got for you. That's not bad. That's a good start. And I think you can also and appreciate the call, Titus. You can sort of incorporate that into my random ping pong ball, one ping pong ball per all lottery teams at random choosing the four teams that will play for the number one pick. But I, I like I like that. I, I sorta I sorta like that. At least it's a start. Yeah. It's a blueprint. There's something to it. Because this is entirely not it. And I understand that there are CBAs and 
Um, there are there are these these different parameters in which you have to work with between the owners and the players association. What to me makes me real sad is that the NBA just just signed a new CBA and nothing was addressed in terms of tanking. Nothing. Nothing. And that right now, the load management and the tanking. Now, load management, playing a certain amount of games, that at least is addressed in this new CBA. So that's good. At least we looked at that. But the tanking, it's such a turnoff. And I love the NBA. I love the NBA, but it's such a turnoff. Speaking of turnoffs, the heat effort the other night against the Hawks, Eric Spolstra is saying, ah, I might have a rotation change. I don't know what that means. I don't know what that helps. <laughs> heat Bulls tonight. I'm just having such a hard time mustering up any excitement for this. If the Heat don't care, then I don't care. They played like they don't care the other night. And if the Heat win, then you start Sunday against the Bucks. Are you taking a game in that series? I don't know, man. DR coming? Or DR? DeMar DeRozan's DR DR DeRozan? Yes. I don't know. I think she has school. Please, if there is a God, and she seems like a very sweet girl, can we do without the screaming tonight? Just please, for my sanity, go Heat. That's Christian. I'm Ken. Bye-bye.